traveled to Israel last week for the first time since the beginning of the pandemic. My three siblings and I finally had an opportunity to lay our parents to eternal rest in the Judean hills as they had instructed us in their lifetimes. Then Jacob instructed his children, bury me not in the diaspora, but with my people in the land of Israel. Both my parents had what we could describe as a good death. And when Jacob finished giving these instructions to his children, he drew his feet up into his bed, breathed his last, and was gathered unto his kin. A good death in Judaism is living a long life, dying a natural death, surrounded by family at your bedside, and gently breathing your last. It is sad because parting is sad, mortality is sad. But there is an element of celebration too, in a life well lived, having avoided or overcoming the many hardships and tragedies that affect the human condition. So it was deeply saddening to me that while in Israel, and immediately upon my return, 11 Israelis died evil deaths in three separate terrorist attacks over eight days. These were lives snuffed out prematurely by those who were convinced that they had the right to take them, that in some imperious way, they owned others' lives and could do with them as they pleased. Many of the victims were in their prime. There were young men and women, parents and siblings, a teacher killed while protecting his baby son with his own body, a young rabbi, an entrepreneur. They were both Jews and non-Jews, highlighting the astonishing diversity of Israeli society that some maliciously insist on describing as apartheid. Two Gentile Ukrainian construction workers were killed. An Arab Christian police officer who, with his Jewish partner, heroically charged the terrorist, was shot dead while neutralizing the assassin. The officer's Jewish fiance was inconsolable, unable to stop weeping in heart-rending lamentations broadcast on Israel television. She shared their plans for the future and lovingly described their children who would never be born. All of the dead and the wounded were attended to by Israel's vaunted medical establishment comprised of Christian, Muslim, Arab, and Jewish doctors, nurses, and first responders. This is some kind of strange apartheid. I caught CNN's report of the week's murder spree in B'nai Brak, 
It wasn't the lead story. It came at about minute 45 of the hour-long broadcast. Even Will Smith preceded the report from Israel. The headline of the CNN story projected, you know, at the bottom of the screen was violence in the Middle East. On one level, that's true. It was violence, and it happened in the Middle East. But couldn't the headline also have been Palestinian terrorist murders five innocent bystanders in a Tel Aviv suburb. Which headline is more accurate? The murderer hunted his prey on Bialik Street, named in memory of Chaim Nachman Bialik, one of Israel's great poets. Among his best-known poems is this. After my death, say this for me. There was a man, and look, he is no more. He died before his time. The music of his life suddenly stopped. Great is the pain. There was another song in him. Now, it is lost forever. This year, Passover, Easter, and Ramadan overlap. Billions of Christians, Muslims, and Jews will celebrate their holiest festivals at the same time. All three religious traditions preach and teach peace and human dignity. But the sad truth of religion is that it also awakens and supercharges in some people the worst of human impulses. Some invoking God act as demigods, perpetrating and justifying horrendous crimes. They bestride the narrow world like modern-day Goliaths, their swords dripping with blood in fathomless depravity, casually dishing out death and destruction, and they are often defended by sophisticated rhetoricians who whitewash the dirtiest, darkest sins. Throughout my entire career, I've tried to preach the best of religion. At its best, religion is a source of inspiration, not intimidation. Religion is sublime when it animates us, arousing and awakening the better angels of our nature we seek to instill a sense of right, goodness, and decency that is so overwhelming that any inconsistent thought or deed is rendered reprehensible in our eyes. 
the tragedies in Israel, the knowledge that for most people, Will Smith's antics at the Academy Awards were far more important to them than Israelis murdered by ter terrorists, and that in the end, Israelis faced their enemies alone, these jolted my feelings of inadequacy that I have experienced for the past six weeks, witnessing this vast human tragedy unfolding in Ukraine. For like Israelis, Ukrainians too are alone. For sure, the United States and many allies worldwide are granting critical military, political, and financial assistance, but fundamentally, on the ground, like Israel, Ukraine is alone. The cavalry will not show up to save the day. And I feel their fear because I too fear the same fate for our people. I always have. עם לבדוד, לבדוד ישכון, ובגויים לא יתחשב. The prophecy of the Torah is that this is a people, the Jewish people that dwells alone, not reckoned among the nations. The terror attacks in Israel reawakened my darkest dreads of Jewish aloneness. And I recognize this emotion in every attack on Ukraine. For weeks, we have sat at home and watched the Russian military mauling millions of innocent civilians in an unprovoked, unjustified, unconscionable, unrestrained, merciless, and savage invasion. And I confess to you that I am inexpressibly frustrated by simply watching. I want to do something for them, but also for my own self-respect. Something that takes us out of observer status and thrusts us into the arena. I want us to be messengers of mercy, co-workers of kindness, consolation, and comfort, representing and expressing the best of Jewish tradition. We are diminished and compromised if all we do is lament orgies of perversities, while washing down the last sips of our morning repast before beginning our day of labor. And for this reason, I am announcing today that our president, Steve Silverstein, and I will be leading a humanitarian mission to Poland and to the Ukrainian border the last week of April. And I want you 
to join us. I want you to leave New York for five days and bring duffel bags of supplies, money, and most important of all, your warmth, your compassion, your humanity to Ukrainians who have lost everything. I want them to be more important to us than Will Smith. We will be comforting mothers and children, supporting humanitarian aid workers, visiting field hospitals, meeting Israeli emissaries working to resettle Ukrainian Jews in Israel, and we will also meet and learn from diplomats, journalists, and analysts. Contact the office and let us know that you will be joining us. And you know what? I'll give you dispensation even to contact us on Shabbat. Help us to represent the best of Judaism, the best of religion. You will do much good for others, but also you will do good for yourselves. You will learn much more about the best and the worst of humanity. You will relearn that with all of our problems in this country, America is a blessed land, a miracle. You will fortify your determination to defend freedom. Now, what better message is that for you and your families during this Passover season? And most of all, you will cultivate in yourself a renewed commitment to humanity and to your fellow human beings. Those who will not be able to join us on this short notice, beginning next week, we will ask the entire congregation to bring supplies for us to take on our mission. We have a specific list of the most urgent needs that we will distribute next week. They include pain medicine for adults and children, children's vitamins, anxiety medication, band-aids and other first aid material, undergarments for men and women, hygiene products for men and women and children, diapers, baby food, baby formula, it's so sad even to list these needs because by simply mentioning them, you can begin to comprehend the dimensions of the human tragedy. You have been very generous in contributing financial resources, over $140,000 so far. And for those who can give more, we will encourage you to give more so that we can bring with us 
direct financial support and give it literally, physically, to aid workers from you and in the name of our historic community. Jews have a special obligation to protect the weak. We are a refugee people. We know what it feels like to be uprooted. We know what it feels like to be dislocated. We know what it feels like to be exiled, to be scorned and hated. We know the loneliness, the sadness, the emptiness that never fully disappears. We ourselves so often yearn for the righteous to help us, save us, redeem us, rehabilitate us. Let us do for others what we hope others would do for us. In the words of that stirring Bialik poem, Hachnisini tachat knafech, ve'ili em vechot. Take me under your wing, be my mother, my sister. Let your embrace be my shelter, a nest for my discarded prayers. I was deceived by the stars. There was a dream, but it too passed. Now I have nothing at all in the world, nothing at all. Take me under your wing. Be my mother, my sister.